It's not just about mastering technology. It's not just about brand or messaging. It's not just about making more money. It's about showing up in a big way so your people can find you. This is about bringing your most wild and authentic self into the hustle and grind. Welcome to Tactical Magic, a business strategies podcast for the warrior goddess entrepreneur. Hey everyone, welcome to Tactical Magic. I have a super special guest today, um, a friend of mine, Lisa Jacobs. Lisa Jacobs is a former lawyer who ditched the corporate world after losing her mom to breast cancer. She realized life is too short to be unhappy, and she now travels full-time in a camper van and has an extensive how-to-live van life blog at vacayvans.com. I wanted to bring Lisa on because we met at a van life gathering a few months ago, and um, she's just a rad human. She's like leading groups of writers. She's out creating and making magic all over the country. And um, I just wanted to bring her in to talk a little bit about um, how she left the corporate world and also how she is rocking it on Instagram right now, because I know we haven't really talked about that. And that's a fun tactical thing we could cover in Tactical Magic. So welcome, Lisa. I'm happy to have you here. Thanks, Molly. I'm stoked to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So just tell us a little bit about where you're at right now. Like what is life as Lisa and creating and sharing your magic with the world look like right now? Um, right now, I'm actually sort of in between um, full-time travel stints. Um, I was on the road for a year and then um, life happened and made me come back to Austin, Texas, where I began my journey. And I've been here a little longer than expected, but I am ready to hit the road again to do full-time travel next week. And I cannot wait. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> After being away for a month in Europe and getting back to the van, it was very exciting to be back on, on my wheels, on my real bed. And I know how that feeling is. Um, so you left the corporate world after life, like through curveball at you. I know there's a lot of people listening who either are in the corporate world or used to be. What did it take to sort of untangle yourself from that? And, you know, what, what did you choose to go towards instead? Yeah, you know, I think that a lot of, a lot of people who did well in school, who are in their late twenties and early thirties, a lot of us, you know, we went to undergrad and then it was like, okay, well, you can't do anything with an undergrad degree. You have to get a grad school degree. And I remember at that point, you know, I was psychology undergrad. And so it was like, you have to continue on with school. And a lot of people were doing law school. And that was kind of seen as the, the best decision, the way I could be the most successful, successful in quotation marks person. And so I found myself in law school without the desire to actually be a lawyer. It was really just because I was good at school and being good at school got me to a good school. And I remember, you know, if you're in this world where everyone is fighting for the same thing, like this big firm job. And I remember just completely having tunnel vision and working so hard to get the best grades and be on the best journal for the best firm job, just following the herd. And I remember at one point kind of stopping and looking around and being like, wait, like, what's the prize that we're all fighting for? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, like, wait a second, like, do I even want to be on this path? And so I continued through the law school path, but really kind of questioning whether it was actually, the result was actually right for me 
regardless. And I mean, you know, spoiler alert, it was not right for me. <laughs> so, I mean, what did that decision look like? Where were you at when you decided to like leave and what, what were you moving towards instead? Well, I think that during, so during law school was when I had that epiphany of realizing that that's, this isn't what I wanted. But um, I went to a talk that was called Alternative Careers for Law Degrees. And there was this guy that was there and he was super impressive entrepreneur. And he just said, you know, if you're a lawyer and if you have a good business idea, people will want to give you money. People will trust you. People will give you opportunity. And so at that point, that's when I really decided to keep staying in law school to not quit and to go ahead and finish it out with the intention of hopefully using it to be taken more seriously in whatever I wanted to do. And so when I started working at a law firm, it did not last very long for me at all. Um, I, I did a few summers at a couple different firms and just the, I mean, it just, the whole, the eight to five experience where you're stuck in one physical space, regardless of how much work you're getting done or not. I just, I could not, I could not hack it. I just literally could not hack it. And so as soon as possible, I just started thinking of different things I could do. And I found a few different side hustles that were law related. And I kind of just started having a few different jobs as soon as possible. So I was able to avoid having any one company be in charge of my physical location all the time. Awesome. So you resourced yourself with side hustles to sort of get off that beaten path. Mm -hmm. I love yeah. it. And it's been a wild ride and an uh, amazing journey. I mean, when I met you, you, you were leading a group um, through the book of the artist way. Will you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I'm a big believer in everything about self-exploration and writing. And I believe that we're all creative souls. But when we're young, at some point, either our parents or our peers or our teachers um, they sort of question that. They tell you that you can't be an artist if you want to be financially stable or, you know, you can never pursue this if you're not going to be the best and rich and famous. And so for little kids, I think a lot of us that really steered us away from following those creative dreams. And I'm just, I think that's such a tragedy. And I'm a big believer that if we all followed what our true passions were when we were children, that we would all be happier and the world would be such a wonderful place. <laughs> so the artist's way is all about um, helping you get in tune with what you really want out of life. And there's a few things that you do. Uh, there's morning pages every morning, stream of consciousness writing, where you just write every single thing that you're thinking every single morning. And I think that journaling has helped me grow and change and understand myself in such a way that I think everyone really should be journaling. <laughs> I don't mean to shit on you, but you should be journaling. <laughs> if anyone out there is not journaling, you should be journaling because it just, you need to have these snapshots of what's going on in your head right now in order to see how you grow and change and learn about yourself. Yeah. So Artist's way does that. And then also different activities and um, writings to help you reconnect with what you really want to do in life and kind of shed some of the trauma from, you know, things that 
diverted you away from your path throughout your life. So the group was a group of um, maybe 30 or so of us on Facebook, and we all kind of did the book together, and we would uh, have video chats and, you know, share our answers. And it was really, it was really, really cool. It's a, it's a difficult process. It's 12 weeks, so it's a big commitment, but it was an awesome way to start the year. Wow, that's great. Yeah, and not to shit on people who aren't journaling, but if, you, if you're ever struggling with something emotionally, there's no better way to process your emotions than actually writing them down and figuring out what you feel about them. I think one of the things that keeps people from wanting to journal is that they don't want to have to read it later and remember who they were or what they were thinking back then. And the truth is you can journal for your entire life and never read it again. Like you do not have to go back and look at it, but it's such an amazing tool to process where you're at and what you're going through and start tapping into more self-awareness, which then leads to, you know, less depression, less anxiety because you're grounded in who you are and what you think and how you're going through the world. Um, so yes, not just shit all over you, but you probably should. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I yeah. do, I do want to say that I think that um, when you start journaling, I think that there sometimes is that dip of depression or anxiety at first, right? Because it's the first time that maybe you've ever looked at any of these issues that are going on in your head face on. And it can be a challenging thing to do at first. And that's why I'm also a huge advocate for therapy, doing it with somebody who's a third party who can help you, you know, see what, what negative things you're saying and how you can reframe that. And then after you get under through that dip, that's when I totally think, yeah, it propels you forward and, and upward towards your goals. Yeah. I mean, writing, the act of writing or creating anything, I think, releases light. So when we're willing to do that on a regular basis, even a daily basis, I, I have shittier days when I don't write in the morning. It's just something I have to do to be me, to be me and be happy. Um, not to mention, you know, all the ideas that come up in those moments at the beginning of the day that are brilliant, perhaps world-changing ideas that if you didn't have the smarts to write them down right then, you might not catch them and use them. Um, so what about your van life blog and your writing that you share with the world and how that has grown and how that's impacted, you know, your Instagram and how people are following you? Yeah, that whole thing has been very, very interesting. I started Vacay Vans, the Instagram page, when I had a boyfriend and we were building out the van together. And we were documenting a lot of information about the build and really trying to bring value to the community to share, you know, exactly what we were doing, how we were doing it. And after months of documenting that and sort of growing, you know, a small following, we were on the road for two weeks before we broke up. And he decided that this was not right for him. And so that was when I found myself with the van and it was like the story changed so dramatically. And that's one thing that's interesting about Sherry on Instagram is that you, you're writing this stuff, right? Like, oh, we're about to go on this big adventure and all these things are going to happen. And it's, you're telling the world, but we don't really write our own story. <laughs> You know, like I thought I had control over the story that was going to happen, but then all of a sudden it was not at all what I thought it was going to be. And I didn't really know what to do, but I ended up just 
coming clean and saying like, hey, this is, this is what I thought was going to happen, but it didn't. And now I don't actually know what's going to happen. And I think that that um, vulnerability and also just like that dramatic shift, I think was, was interesting to watch. And that's kind of, I mean, it's insane now to think that some people have actually like watched me transition. Um, and it's cool because I feel like it's helped some people transition themselves and face their own fears, you know, to do it on their own. Yeah. Well, and how like amazingly powerful and bold it was of you to share that whole journey of going from doing this as a team with a plan to doing it solo without a plan. And that, you know, I think being willing to share that vulnerability with our audience and be exactly who we are, which is human as fuck sometimes, and not having it all together, that is the most engaging thing we can do or be in front of an audience. And no wonder that that is part of why you've had as much success and exposure as you have in that realm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I, um, so I did the artist's way on my own a year before this year. So I started 2019, but then I really started it the first time 2018, right after the breakup, right before I went and hit the road full time on my own. And doing the artist's way is what really helped me figure out how I wanted to share on Instagram. So it helped me figure out what my values are. And I know that sounds like a really um, vague thing. I had, I didn't really understand what values were. And I guess a lot of corporations are like, what are your values? And I didn't really get, get the value thing. But um, once I kind of did the artist's way and then um, did a couple other projects, I, I realized that my values, so the four that I picked were um, authenticity, vulnerability, adventure, and entertainment. And so if I was thinking about posting something on Instagram, it was a really good guide for me because, you know, sometimes you question yourself and you're like, oh, you know, should I put this out there? Should I not? And so what I would do is I would just look at the values and I'd be like, is this in line with the values? Yes. Post. And that helped me find some sort of a confidence in sharing things that I think maybe some people would be unsure or some people maybe want to share of a question. And so that was a really good guidepost for me in, in sharing on Instagram. Awesome. I love that the artist way had an impact on that as well. Not just the like inner exploration, but actually what you're sharing and giving you permission to share more. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. So what would be your insights for somebody who's maybe just starting out on Instagram or in blogging? Like what are your practices for staying motivated to create content or creating something engaging? I think it's really difficult. Um, I think that you really need to know why you're doing it. And I still am trying to nail down my why sometimes. Like I think I have it, but then I lose it. Mm -hmm. Because I think some people think, you know, I want to get a following on Instagram and I want to make money and have that help me support myself on the road. And that's a great, like, okay, if that's your goal, that's your goal. But talk to the people that are actually doing it because it's a pretty difficult thing to do to actually make money making YouTube videos and doing Instagram posts. like. The ways that you make money, 
it's, it's really a lot of hustle. And I'm not supporting myself at all by blogging or Instagram right now, but I want to try. With Instagram, a lot of people, they do sponsored posts and posts for brands, which I have a really, not a love-hate relationship, but like a like-hate relationship with. Yeah. I just, I really don't, it's hard because you don't want to be in advertisement, you know, there's, there's definitely some companies that I think can change your life and make you a happier person and a healthier person. And I'm happy to, you know, promote something like that. If it's going to help you build your van, um, and live the life that you want to live. But I think that people want to grow their following, but I think that if you don't really know why, then you don't really know what you're doing. I guess that's the first thing is like, why do you want to grow your following? That's what I would kind of ask people. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have an answer to that? Why? For me? Yeah. I think that I want to grow because I think that more opportunities, more exciting opportunities will come my way if my name is out there more. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, one of the things that I want to do more than anything is I just want to make I want to make art with creative people, you know, do creative things with creative people, whether it's making videos with people or writing stories with people. I just, I, I've worked alone for most of my life and I really want to work with other people. And so I think that that's kind of my end goal, but it's not so much like I want to support myself through Instagram because that's going to look different. I'm going to act differently. I'm going to be really brand focused and figure out, you know, how to make money through every avenue possible if that's my real goal. Right. It would be, it would look different. It would be a different account for sure. It would look different. I mean, if you want some real tactical information about how to grow on Instagram, I think that when it comes to van life with this niche, I think getting reposted by the big accounts is the number one way to grow. That's how when I first had my account with my ex and we were doing van build photos, we had a few photos reposted by some of the huge accounts. And that was like huge. I mean, you can get, you know, a ton of followers that way. I don't know if it's still as much as it was back then. That was a little while ago, but that's a big way to grow. Um, If you try to, if you're a blogger, you know, doing guest blogs, getting your name out there, writing about your story, getting publicity, getting written about, it's a lot of, hustle and it doesn't look like just just posting pretty pictures I think you know it looks like it's a lot more really getting creative and hustling right there's a lot more back end to it than people realize for sure and there's other ways to monetize without you know necessarily advertisements there's ways to bring people into buying your own little product or program or mini course or whatever, or also just having affiliate links for things that you're sharing about already. If you are going the van life route, what tools are you using? What, what pieces are you implementing? And you know, how can people get a hold of that through you rather than just going straight and finding it on Amazon? Um, but those are just some other ways. So do brands like approach you? I mean, you're really at this point in time, as we're recording this, currently close to 40,000 followers on Instagram. So are brands approaching you looking for representation or um, sponsoring things like that? Yeah, yeah, I get, I, I'm starting to get emails 
from brands all the time, a lot. And, um, and it's funny because at first you're like, oh my God, this is so exciting, you yeah. know, because it is exciting. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of companies are going to want to send you free things. And so, you know, I, and that also can be very alluring at first, right? You're like, oh, well, but that's when I think it's really important to understand yourself as a brand and understand what your values are as a brand. And one of mine is minimalism, you know, living in the van, obviously it's minimalism. So I am, I'm, I'm not saying yes to free product also because my time has value. Our time, it takes a lot of our time to post a photo or to write a blog article. It takes a long time. And I think that a lot of influencers, micro influencers are not valuing their time enough because it is kind of the wild west out there. Like you don't really know, like how should I value a post or a story, you know? Right. But I think that you really need to think, you know, what is my time actually worth and start to demand that from brands because brands will, will take advantage of influencers as much as they can. And so that's kind of the point where I'm at now is, um, you know, I've worked with two or three brands so far and, um, and I've said no to hundreds because I don't want all the stuff, right. you know, that would be a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> It's true. But you know, that's the other thing though, the ones, so the ones that I'm working with, so there's, there's three that I'm really working with right now. I approach two of them. So that's the other thing is you can't just sit back and hope that someone reaches out to you and you don't have to have 40,000 followers. Even if you just have a couple thousand followers or any sort of amount of following, if you have something that you're passionate about, brands are open to creative suggestions, you know? Okay. So I, I say, go ahead and hustle. Like I had to, I made the opportunities that I have. I didn't, I didn't just sit back and like, it all kind of came rolling in. Right. Because you knew specifically what you wanted to play with and interact with and who to contact about that, mm -hmm. which is great. Be bold enough to approach those who you want to collaborate with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are the main ways that you're making a living while you're on the road? I have a few different jobs. Um, I do some administrative work for a company that I used to be a lawyer for. I moved over to their accounting department and now I just sort of handle some of their merchant accounts, which is all via email and phone calls. Awesome. So that's, yeah, so that's part-time and remote. I have um, a couple of rental properties in Austin that make a little bit of money, so I make some money through that. And now it's, it's really through this sort of, you know, blogging. I think that my goal now is to try to make, try to make money as a blogger. Like you said, you know, having affiliate links and information that is going to help people figure out how to build their van and how to grow their company. I think blogging is very appealing because an Instagram post has a life of, you know, maybe a couple days or something, but a blog article, I mean, that can last for years. Yeah, and wrote, you can po point back to it through Instagram posts every once in a while. Exactly, exactly. It, it always lives there. It always lives on Google. So a year and a half ago, I wrote a blog article about wool insulation. And because I have a background in sustainable uh, design, I used to renovate houses and do green design for a little while. Awesome. 
Yeah, it was, it was super fun. That, and that's how I have rental properties because I started renovating houses. Um, I, so a year and a half ago, I wrote a blog article about wool insulation and how it's really good. It's non-toxic and a few other types of um, sustainable green building for your van. And that article has done so well over the last year and a half that that's actually one of the companies that I just reached out to, one of the wool manufacturers. And I say, hey, you know, I have this information. I'm already writing about this. I'm already passionate about this. You, you know, we're obviously in line with each other. This is going to help people build their van more sustainably. Let's figure out some sort of affiliate agreement so that I can promote you through all these avenues. Yeah. I wish I found that blog post a year ago myself because I was looking for wool and I ended up using denim because I couldn't get my hands on any wool. Oh, no way. Yeah. So that's valuable and important. So they said yes to it or you're negotiating that deal still? We, uh, yeah, we just had a call yesterday. I think that we're getting pretty close to a yes. They're a smaller company. They've never done any affiliate deals like this before. Mm -hmm. And I've been pitching some companies that have never done it before too. And so that's, that's kind of exciting because you're creating something that doesn't exist. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Cool. Um, so what else is there? What else would you like to share with, you know, women entrepreneurs or warrior goddess thought leaders out there who are hoping to grow? Let's see. Do they, for people that want to grow like on social media? Any which way. Yeah. Whatever you feel called to share. I think it's really important to focus on collaboration. I think that my childhood, I was sort of raised with a real competitive spirit. It was very much of us versus them situation. And so I never really saw until recently other people that were successful and doing well as partners and collaborators. Mm -hmm. And having that mind shift has helped me so dramatically in my business, friendships, and my life because there's space in the market for all of us to be successful and to do really well. And everybody should help rise each other up, especially other women. We should all work together to rise each other up because we can all be really successful. And so look to somebody, reach out to somebody, ask them for advice, ask them for help, offer your services, offer how you can help them and try to find synergies with other people because to be the most successful blogger or Instagrammer or any of it, YouTuber, you really have to work with other people that are in your field and don't see them as competitors. See them as people you can work with to grow together. Yeah, that is awesome advice. Absolutely. And it's that whole difference between like scarcity mindset or prosperity mindset that when you're seeing everyone as competition, there's immediately going to be walls that go up and there's going to be contraction that occurs. Whereas if you know that there's room for you, that the market isn't flooded, that there's actually plenty of clients and plenty of opportunities out there for all of us, that you're going to want to go and interact. You're going to want to be a part of the mix of community and creation and collaboration in a different way. And that means you're going to be an expansive energy and more people are going to want to come and work with you. So yeah, it's all possible. Money is not finite. There's plenty of it on earth for everyone. Um, yeah. Yes. And also if you have money noise, you should really look into that because that's something that the book talks about the artist's way. They talk about, money noise because I've seen a lot of people in this community 
um, talk negatively about being financially successful. And I wonder how many of us have that, have that sort of money noise in our head that, you know, if you, that money is bad and that, you know, the people that have it are bad. I do not believe that at all. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's total bullshit. And how are we going to change the world if those of us who are conscious and awake and aware are unwilling to have any of the money? Money is where the power exchange occurs. So if we're awake and aware and willing to be people who have money and who can succeed, that's when we can start really changing the world, in my opinion. Um, I actually just read a book by Peter Kelly called Earth is Hiring, which has a really great uh, few chapters about money. So if anybody's out there wondering, where do I get started in clearing that? bullshit story. There's a million ways you can do it. Number one is writing them down and figuring out what they are. But that book is a really great resource as well for that. Um, Last thing, I just wanted to ask you because I love watching your Instagram stories and how much you engage people in them and ask questions. Like, is there any method to that madness? Will you tell us a little bit about, you know, how do you keep people engaged in that way and stay on top of it? I think that, so last year, I have some videos that I took of myself um, where I'm talking to the camera, and I was, like, not good at talking to the camera at all. <laughs> and I have some videos, and I'm probably wasted in these videos, but I'm just like, like, I want to talk to you. Like, I want to be myself to you, like, speaking to the camera. <laughs> and, you know, like, I think so many people say, like, oh, I'm terrible on camera. I can't be on video. I can't do those things. And they see it as this like permanence. And like, I was terrible on camera. And then I just talked to myself on camera for a year. And now I feel pretty good about it. (laughs) So I mean, so just practice and just, you know, just do the thing and you're going to get better, except that you're going to get better. And it's okay if you suck right now. Um, I think, you know, I love engaging with people on Instagram and asking questions. I am, um, I think it's still kind of hard to, to know your audience. You just have to really get a sense of your audience, like see how they're reacting, what they like, what they don't like, and don't be afraid to try things. And if you feel like something's not hitting the way you want to, then try something new. Mm-hmm. You know? Totally. Keep mixing it up until you find something that really grooves. Awesome. Yeah, but then also have a balance. Um, also have a, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's the stories thing is, the stories thing is interesting. It's, yeah. It's silly, but it's also fun. And when you find people who's, who make good stories, it's fun to get back on there and watch them every time. Yeah, the stories is actually my favorite, my favorite part. Because <laughs> it's not like as much pressure as YouTube, you know? Yeah, it's playful and it's temporary. Yeah, exactly. It's temporary. Yeah. 15 seconds of someone's attention and then, and then it's gone. You have nothing but, to lose. But yeah, you can also piece those together into a YouTube video and people would probably watch them again and again. But, you know. Yeah, maybe I should do that. <laughs> or hire somebody to do it for you. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so how can people get a hold of you? What are the I'm, best ways to find you? I'm on Instagram, vacayvans. Um, YouTube, my website, Vacay Vans. I'm starting to do a lot of blog posts on my website that are going to bring in video and different links. And so multi-dimensional, multi-format blog posts. So I'd say vacayvans.com is the best way. 
Awesome. And yeah, that's V-A-Y-C-A-Y and the link will be in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for doing this with me, Lisa. I hope this was fun for y'all to listen to and yeah, keep an eye out for Vacay Vans coming to a town or a blog post near you. Yeah. Thanks so much, Molly. This was great. Awesome. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Tactical Magic. To find out more, please visit our website, wildheartsriseup.com. Be sure to take a second and subscribe to the show and come back next week for another edition of Tactical Magic. Magic.